0: Lovely day for tennis, eh? Game, set, and match. This is Tennis Talk Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Welcome aboard Tennis Talk Canada, all set to sail for another Saturday. Jim Taddy and Ken Christina with you. Ken is, of course, the director of tennis at the Mayfair Clubs. Ken, welcome in. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Jim. Happy to be chatting tennis on a what looks like a bit of a rainy day, but uh, still lots of tennis action coming along in the world so uh... we're happy to uh... to be able to sit down and chat tennis today for sure
0: absolutely and on tsn two as we mumble Djokovic and Federer in the 2019 Wimbledon final. You can watch that. I was watching it to sort of get my head into to where we're going. We've got a busy day here on TSN 1050. Right after this show, we've got Wales versus Denmark Euro 2020 soccer, followed by Yes Guy, followed by Italy versus Austria. So a busy day of of live sport events here on tsn 1050 and i should get a couple of reminders in before we move along racket guys is canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their markham superstore for expert advice And whatever your home means to you, OwlMortgage.ca and its expert staff can help turn your home ownership dreams into a reality that you and your family can be proud of. With education and a plan, OwlMortgage.ca will grow your net worth through real estate. Call 416-613-LEND today, 416 613 6-3. 6-3. So, you know, sometimes, Kenny, I have trouble going back to, and I had a conversation yesterday with a couple of high school buddies about sporting events from last summer when everything was really in an altered state, much more, actually, than it is now. Is There's various stages of of opening up across the world and trying to remember what happened. And, of course, there was no Wimbledon last year. And, and so when you're watching the 2019 final, you're looking at Djokovic and, and Federer and thinking, could happen again, right?
1: absolutely they're on different halves of the draw and um it could happen again i don't think it will uh but absolutely it could so the fact that tsn is airing that match uh currently is phenomenal because it was an outstanding match uh not quite as outstanding if you're uh, a federer fan but certainly an outstanding match nonetheless yeah last year wimbledon was canceled due to the pandemic and uh uh, we discussed it actually on the show. Wimbledon was the only Grand Slam and one of the only tournaments that I'm aware of in the world that had pandemic insurance. So they actually, oh, were yeah. running the tournament last year, they had a $140 million uh, benefit paid to them by their insurance company. Um, it, it's pretty amazing <laughs> that there's such a thing pre this pandemic that there was pandemic insurance. But sure enough, there was. And they had paid into it, and fortunately for them, they, they reaped the benefits of that insurance, so they were able to still support uh, their tennis programs throughout um, Great Britain. So that was kind of a nice thing for them. But certainly we're happy to see that Wimbledon is uh, just uh, a day or two away from starting up again across the pond.
0: Would love to know the premium renewal fee on that policy, because I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing it's probably not the same figure.
1: No, I heard pre uh, the payout, it was $10 million per year. And they had had some oh. battles on their their board of directors for the tournament or their tournament committee a, 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 two or three years prior to that, whether they would continue to pay this $10 million fee. I guess the, um, the out outdid the nays and they kept paying the $10 million. Obviously, that turned out to be the right move. But I would imagine now that trying to get those types of insurance um coverages or insurance premiums would be exceptionally high um because of course <laughs> you no know, you know we never thought we'd be in this this boat obviously
0: No, and now that we're in it, you you can sort of project that we might uh, continually be in some sort of a similar situation going forward, but who knows, we'll leave that to the medical people. Uh, Coming up in the broadcast today, Dr. Melissa Cutler will stop by and give us some advice about how to limber up, and uh, she was uh, with us last year, and I guess uh, a year later, the uh, the body needs a a bit more work, and and Mark Rowe will be by from uh, TSN Tennis Headquarters, uh, getting set for Wimbledon coverage wall-to-wall. TSN is the place to be. I mean, I just, you know, I want to salute Uh, the program director at at TSN headquarters for diving into the tennis story they do a marvelous job don't they
1: yes absolutely and you know it's it's fantastic when we get the coverage that we get at these slams you know we've talked before Jim about how few Canadians even made the main draw um, not that long ago you know seven eight nine ten years ago there was one Canadian maybe into the main draw and you were excited for them and you know, unfortunately, they typically didn't last that long. Now, um, we're inundated with five, six, seven Canadians uh, in these Grand Slams. TSN's coverage is second to none on, on their different channels. We're able to watch match after match. Um, you know, the beauty of Wimbledon is it's on at times that are a little bit more convenient to watch than the French Open, which airs so early in the morning because of the time change. Um, it's funny, you know, as as a guy in the tennis world, you have to be so careful during some Grand Slams when you're talking to people, the Australian Open, the French Open, because you don't want to mention a result if you got up early and watched it or stayed up late and watched it, because chances are they didn't, but they taped it on, on TSN and they're waiting to watch it later in the day. You make a mistake, you tell them the score, you tell them the result of a match, and you've lost a friend for life because they get so upset. It's like, oh, I didn't want to know about that. So be able to watch Wimbledon daytime matches uh, across uh, the TSN network. It's going to be phenomenal once again to uh, to have it back on the air for sure.
0: And, and with all those channels, uh, the five different options, uh, plus there's, uh, you know, 4K and, and the specific add-on channels above the 1,400 on, on the five system anyway. And everybody has a different system, but, I mean, you get a day-by-day account of the Canadian stories, which is really phenomenal in my books.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for a change, we've actually got some pretty good draws for the Canadians heading into yep. this Wimbledon. Uh, there's a couple of tough ones, but the draws are pretty good. Um, and, you know, everybody kind of has their favorite. Whether You know, some people like Dennis, and if you really like Dennis, Felix isn't your guy. But if you really love Felix, Dennis isn't your guy. And, uh, you know, the, the benefits we have with having it across the different channels, even if Felix and Dennis are playing at the same time, if they're both on camera courts, we should be able to see them. And, you know, it'll kind of, uh, you know, allow each Canadian to kind of follow their favorite. You know, I'm one of those guys that I just want to see Canadians do well. It doesn't matter which one comes through. Unlike the NHL playoffs, when a certain Canadian team maybe makes it to the Stanley Cup, I might not watch them as much because I'm such a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan. But, uh, you know, I sit here alone uh, pitying myself about that uh, result, of course. But uh, on the tennis side of things, any Canadian will do. (laughs)
0: Well, you have to compliment success, so to the Habs fans out there, my compliments, uh, and we'll leave it at that, uh, and, and so I, I just want to go through the, the drawing, when you go through the various draws, on the men's side, you've got uh, Dennis Shapovalov at, at the 10th seat, and Felix is the 16th, and Roundage is out, and, and Pospisil is in as well, but, but I mean, really, uh, tracking forward, uh, Felix and, and Dennis are like a one-two punch, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the beauty, I guess, for Vashik, even though he's ranked 66 in the world, this is one of his favorite surfaces. I think he prefers indoor hard, but certainly grass, he's done well with the Wimbledon Doubles Championship. But Dennis seeded number 10, and Felix seeded number 16. Man, you know, we've got two seeds in the top 16 of a Grand Slam, uh, and really, Wimbledon, uh, you know, whether it's your favorite or not, it's always the, you know, the storied Grand Slam, the grass, and, uh, I I'm just so so happy to see these young players doing well. Um, they've done well at Junior Wimbledon in the past, so they know their way around the grass courts. Um, Dennis having won Junior Wimbledon before. Felix with great results at Junior Wimbledon as well. Um, you know, I, I think both of them are going to go relatively deep. You know, they're, they're slotted in with their seedings to make it to at least the round of 16. I, I expect that one of these two fine young men is going to make it to at least the quarterfinals um, this is a surface that suits both their games if Dennis as we discussed last week can can control that serve and that service toss I think this is going to be a great event for him and Felix has been playing so well on the grass with a big win over Federer just a week ago um, they both got great first round matchups Dennis plays the number of 115th ranked guy in the world and Philip Kohlschreiber uh, a guy that he shouldn't have any any problem with on this surface. And Felix plays uh, the number 124th ranked Monteiro from Brazil, who's more of a uh, a clay court player. So this should uh, fit in as well for Felix. Kind of both of them getting their feet wet, um, getting used to uh, you know their surroundings playing at Wimbledon. And uh, look, we should look for great things from them. I don't want to put too much pressure on them. But, uh, you know, it, the, the time is now for these guys to start... Uh, making some moves deep into this, into the grass court uh, of Wimbledon.
0: Kenny, let me ask you again about the service toss. I mean, how difficult is that to recognize that you're doing it and correct it in match?
1: Well, it's a great question, you know, because for me, when I played competitively, one of the biggest problems that I have was tossing the ball too far out in front on my serve And therefore my body would start to kind of fold up a little too quickly. And I'd put a lot of serves into the net and I did it because I was a serving volleyer and I was in this mad rush to get to the net and it continued to be a problem, even though I knew it was a problem. And I think with Dennis, that's kind of what happens. He's, he, he knows it's a problem, but you don't always spot it right away. And it's, it's three, four times, five times after you do it that you kind of say, gosh, I'm doing it again. That toss is drifting to my right for him. That's the problem is it drifts to the right. And then recognizing it, but then correcting it is one thing. But then recognizing, correcting it, and keeping it corrected or fixed, adjusted on big points is another. And for him, it, it, it kind of goes back to what's comfortable. And, and the comfort of the toss as he goes to, to toss it is that that right arm drags the ball a little bit to the right. Um, and it's not always easy to keep stopping the service toss and restarting again. It kind of plays on your psyche. It plays on your mind a little bit, and you think, "Oh, I can get that one." And then, kind of, just as you're impacting, it, it's like, "Oh my gosh, it's out of my strike zone. It's too far to the right," and and you make a mistake. And and I think that's kind of what he's going through. Part of that is maturity, uh, and and kind of you know real being able to really, excuse me reel yourself in and say, I, "I you know just stop that ball toss. You're allowed to start it again. Let's do it again and go from here." And the second part of it is just you know r- kind of recognizing it. On those key points, that that might be a problem. So I- I'm sure he's spent a lot of time working on it. I'm sure he's spent a lot of time talking about it. Um, so hopefully, it's going to start correcting itself, and we're going to start to see a reduction in double faults and a reduction in um, bad tosses on big points. You know, it's kind of like being a pitcher and uh, you know throwing the ball down the middle when you're up uh, <laughs> up on the count, uh, 0 and 2. You know, that's the time to kind of go for the corners are, you know, outside the plate a little bit more. And I think that's what, what Dennis has to do on big points, is maybe take a little bit of pace off, don't expect so much of the first serve, and therefore he'll have a little bit more confidence in that ball toss.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up another sport because I was going to go there anyway. And, and so for a pitcher, what you try to do is disguise exactly what you're going to throw so that you, so that the batter cannot figure out your sequence. And then if he knows what's coming, he knows what to do. So in this particular case, we're talking about what Dennis has to do to improve his serve. But if you're on the other side of the net, you do know what to look for. Like if you see that, that, uh, that toss and, and it's, and it's off, you, you know that he's laboring, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's only certain places in the box that he can serve it, the further to his right that it is. And, um, you know, one of the the keys to success when you're young, you're taught to keep your toss almost in the same spot. Whether you're going to hit a topspin serve, a slice serve, a flat serve, whether you're going down the center to the tee, or whether you're going wide. You start to, to try and really put your toss in the exact same spot. So you're giving as little information to the person receiving the serve as possible, so that they're not sure what type of serve you're hitting. The problem when you start to have a toss that goes one direction or the other and it really will will telegraph, for lack of a better term or word, it'll telegraph to your opponent kind of where you're serving. You know, that's kind of like um, a pitcher being able to show the batter how they're gripping the ball before they throw the ball. So the the batter kind of knows, oh, this is a fastball coming or this is a curveball coming because they see the way you're gripping the ball. You know, a pitcher hides their, the ball in the glove on purpose so that nobody sees the way they're gripping it. And as a server, you've got to make sure that those tosses, when you're tossing the ball for your serve, are almost in an identical spot so that receiver doesn't get a read as to what type of serve is coming. And remember, we also discussed last week, Jim, is that you don't have to hit that serve, that first serve, as hard as you can, especially on big points. That re- the pressure's on that receiver to get the ball back. The pressure's on that receiver because they don't know what's coming. So take a little bit off that serve if you're not serving as well on that first serve. Get it in, and it's still going to be a success because that receiver has no clue what you're going to do with that
0: ball. Coming up in our next segment, we'll have Dr. Melissa Cutler to try and shape us up, and that's going to be a big challenge for some of us. Uh, and later on, Mark Rowe from the tennis headquarters at TSN headquarters as well. OwlMortgage.ca is here to help educate first time and existing homeowners on how to use your mortgage as a tool to build wealth through real estate. While many feel the new stress test hinders borrowers, OwlMortgage.ca can teach you how it can grow your net worth. Call 416-613-LEND today. That's 416-613-5363. This is Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.
2: You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy.
0: This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. Getting your financial planning in order is very important. This past year has taught us to expect the unexpected. So I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group will provide a written plan. It will be tailored specifically for you and will reflect your goals and aspirations. It will be reviewed with you regularly, updated, or adjusted to reflect major changes in circumstances or life events. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth contact the fox group at their website don fox uh, sorry dot follow them on twitter at fox group pwm let's bring in kenny our next guest dr melissa cutler doctor how are you
3: i'm well thanks how are you guys
0: doing very good i'm just reading through your bio and the food and wine addiction will probably not have enough time <laughs> to get to i'm just i'm sorry about that please accept That's my beautiful. apology understandable (laughs) Uh, so 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 i mean obviously we had john last year and we were coming out of a a winter and and a you know an isolation and trying to get some sort of shape and and that didn't last long so really what we're looking at here is two altered years to really get in shape what would you advise
3: Start slowly. Yeah, it's definitely been a tough year or two for everyone and probably a lot more sedentary activity like working from home, for example, probably sitting way more than people are used to. So definitely you want to ease into it.
1: <laughs> what um, are some common injuries and causes of injuries that uh, that players are going to find as they kind of hit to the courts again?
3: That's a good question. Um, unfortunately, Tennis is a pretty physically demanding sport, so really what body part isn't potentially at risk for getting injured? Um, but to name a few, tennis elbow, rotator cuff, tendinitis, wrist strain, back pain, knee injuries. Um, I think we mentioned last time tennis leg, pop goes the calf, very bad game. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, you're susceptible to a lot of injuries in tennis. When, when, uh,
1: when
0: know, somebody's...
1: Uh, uh... Go ahead, Jim.
0: I was just going to say, I think that you know most people, because of the frustration of not being able to do things, would like to hit the ground running. Uh, but in this particular case, you're talking about a slow sort of build up to things, which sort of goes against human nature. But could you sort of add some some ideas about how to slowly get yourself ready?
3: Right. So just managing kind of how many times a week you're going to be playing. You don't want to just jump on the court seven days a week, obviously. Um, probably, you know, one to two times a week, build it up gradually. And then arguably most importantly is your warm-up. So I think we talked about it last time, just making sure it's an active or dynamic warm-up as opposed to holding that static stretch. Um, stretching for flexibility is very important, but like as a warm-up, it's not ideal because you're actually creating little micro tears in the tissue when you do stretch for flexibility. And then if you imagine kind of your muscles as an elastic band holding a stretch, I would like pull out that elastic band and basically when you try to explosively load it or activate that stretched out band it won't be nearly as strong as it was originally prior to stretching it so you could even snap it for example um so yeah just basically managing your warm-up properly managing your loads managing how many times a week you're playing stuff
1: like that all the things that i'm not doing okay i'm just making some notes here um (laughs) So, Melissa, I know you're an awful good player and a certified tennis professional as well. Um, you, you played NCAA tennis. When you go out to play, are you warming up prior to it? Are you warming up with short court tennis? Are you doing those things as well that, to kind of you know, save your body and, 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 uh, and stay, stay healthy through it all? Are those things that a, a player of your level should be doing as well?
3: Honest answer. <laughs> it might be a bit of do as I say, um, not as I do. No, but uh, even worst case scenario, I'm always doing mini tennis. So I'm always starting super slowly. I've had a ton of injuries, unfortunately, myself in the past. So I have to be very careful with things like my shoulders and my back. So definitely mini tennis is a bare minimum for me. A um, couple minutes, five or ten minutes, making sure I'm feeling nice and warm and loose before I back up and try to increase the tempo and the speed. Um, Yeah, definitely, at least mini tennis. Ideally, in a perfect world, you'd be skipping, jogging a little bit, something for five to ten minutes just to make sure those muscles are nice and warm, especially because most people are kind of hopping out of the car and probably sitting all day before they get to the court. So you definitely want to make sure your body is a well-oiled engine before you start to go.
1: Great advice. So I know all those players that are close to my age, we never warmed up with with mini tennis or short court tennis as as the young players of today do. So you'd be well served to uh, take Dr. Cutler's advice and do that. You know, we have a coach at Mayfair, Maureen Drake, who was number 47th in the world at one point and took a set off Venus Williams at Wimbledon when Venus was number one in the world. She arrives an hour early, 45 minutes early every time she's on court, whether she's coaching or playing. She does a great warm-up, does short court tennis and all those things. So we'd all be well served to do that. Um, and I will get on that bandwagon starting on July fifth when we open again. I promise. Um, <laughs> how do you know year. if it's a se- <laughs> how do you know if it's a serious injury requiring rest, or if it's something you can just play through? A lot of people feel that they can play through these injuries. Is there a way of knowing?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So ideally, you would get it properly assessed by a trusted health professional, and then they would advise you when it's a good time to return to play. However, it's obviously not ideal to have to run in for every ache and pain. So it's important to kind of gain that awareness as to what is good versus bad pain. Um, coming back to tennis or anything rel- relatively intense is probably going to make you feel sore, but the key is to, is, is rather how long the soreness persists. So like, for example, when I was playing college tennis, I was sore every day, but I would know basically if, if it felt okay after the warm up and once those endorphins kicked in and the pain didn't persist after playing, then I was probably okay. But obviously if you hear a pop, for example, or you see something visibly like swelling or redness or bruising, that's definitely something more sinister and you, and you definitely want to get that checked or at least bare minimum, just rest it and just don't hop back on the court so quickly.
0: I want to return to our favorite game. Pop goes the calf. So, if, if, you know how 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 do you prevent that from happening? And if it does happen, what are you looking at in terms of rehab?
3: Yeah, and another good question. Obviously, like things we just mentioned, a proper warm up, making sure you're not just exploding onto those muscles before they're properly um, properly rather activated. And then so you probably with tennis leg will see some bruising or some swelling, definitely some excruciating pain. So as you're taking a few steps after you hear that pop, it's going to be very uncomfortable. And then rehab wise, I mean, you you can definitely just try resting it. Try the basic rice um, principle where you rest, ice, compress and elevate. But if it doesn't go away kind of in a couple days, you definitely want to get it checked out. And, And obviously, there's many different ways to treat things. I personally use a lot of acupuncture and soft tissue therapy Um, there's other modalities like lasers um, ultrasound different ways to to treat it but probably a great idea to get it looked at if it persists for kind of more than three to five days and you're and you're really eager to get back on the court
1: well i know dr cutler has helped me out with some tennis elbow in the past some uh, not quite pop goes the calf but i had a very (laughs) strained calf at one point and uh I guess I don't know if it's called frozen shoulder. I think I would call it frozen shoulder, but she's helped me a lot. So I, I agree with everything she said there. You know, we see, we see a few um, professionals in different sports that seem to be injury prone almost. You know, in tennis, uh, we've seen Bianca, we've seen Milos. Why do you think um, that somebody like Bianca is, is, is so injury prone or, or getting so many injuries along, along her young career so far?
3: Yeah, it's really unfortunate to see. Um, when it comes to professionals and like highly active or competitive players, definitely it's more of a use, um, an issue rather of overuse. Uh, statistics have actually shown that the rate of injuries that cause a player to withdraw from competition actually doubles after four matches. So these players are just having a ton of volume and it's very challenging on our bodies. Bianca had that magical season in 2019 where she probably was just a little bit Um, ahead of herself match, winning-wise in volume versus physicality, Um, and then unfortunately for her, previous history of injury is also a factor, so it's associated apparently with a nine times higher risk of sustaining another injury, so hopefully she can beat those odds, but it's definitely putting her at greater risk for susceptibility for injuries. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, we hate to see that. So Wimbledon just around the corner, uh, Melissa. We know you watch a lot of tennis on TV. You. Follow you on Twitter, and you you you're you're tweeting about tennis quite a bit. Which Canadian on the on the men's side do you feel is going to go the deepest in this year's uh, Wimbledon draw?
3: Ah, uh, that's a good question too. I love Felix. I think his game and his. Physicality is just very impressive and he has all the tools. I'm just not sh- sure if mentally he's there. So I'm gonna go with Dennis. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Dennis.
0: <laughs> oh oh darn, not enough time for the food and wine addiction. I'm sorry, Doctor. <laughs> Next I'm time. sorry, we can't put that in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>
3: thanks, guys. Have a good day.
0: You too, thanks. Doctor Melissa Cutler. Uh, Coming up next, we'll have Mark Rowe to talk about the TSN coverage and go through the draw at Wimbledon. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. Getting your financial planning in order is very important. This past year has taught us to expect the unexpected, so I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group will provide a written plan that will be tailored specifically for you, will reflect your goals and aspirations. It will be reviewed with you regularly and updated or adjusted to reflect major changes in circumstances or life events. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. Contact the Fox Group at their website, DonFox.net. Follow on Twitter at FoxGroupPWM. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.
2: You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050.
0: Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back. This segment is brought to you by Scoglin Homes. Considering selling your home in the GGA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Scoglin and maximize your sale price with a Scoglin Homes comprehensive listing plan with luxurious staging, eye-catching video marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019, speak Derek directly, or check out scoglinhomes.com to make the right decision around your largest investment. By the way, if you're looking for soccer, top of the hour, Wales versus Denmark, followed by, yes, Guy, followed by Italy versus Austria. So that's our schedule today. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. This is Tennis Talk Canada, and our pleasure to have Mark Rowe, the host of tennis coverage on the TV side on TSN, is with us. Mark, how are you this morning?
2: I am always fantastic when I can talk tennis with you Jim and you can especially when we're on the verge of a tournament you just have to refer to as
0: the championships.
1: Love it. Yeah, Love I mean, it. And, That's and, for sure.
0: And with a with a year off all kinds of anticipation. I mean, it's uh, it's been so long. You just I mean you you would normally be just thrilled that it's here but because it's back it's got added zap that way, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely, Like for so many people, this is their favorite tournament, especially North Americans and Canadians in particular. You think of the success that Canadians have had at this tournament. So such a huge void in the tennis calendar last year to not have any grass court events. So it was just nice to see, you know, the last few weeks and seeing, you know, whether it was Halla or Queens club, but yeah, the real deal begins on Monday and um, we're we're all thankful that we're back in it's kind of like we're getting a little bit closer to normalcy when Wimbledon is back on and back on uh, as part of our staple in early July.
1: Well, and I'm sure for you, Mark, it's nice to get a little bit more sleep with the French Open being so <laughs> early in the morning. Uh, Wimbledon, <laughs> the time frame's a little better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, a,
2: it's only a 3 a.m. wake up as opposed to a 2 a.m. with the French. But <laughs> it, it, does, it does feel a little better. I, I, I won't lie, the French is tougher on the body because it's 15 days. And Wimbledon, for one last year, we have middle Sunday. So we have a day off and then That's you get manic right. Monday. So it is a little easier that way. But um, yeah, early morning, we're used to it by now. So bring it on.
1: So I'd like to chat about the Canadians, obviously, and the draw with the draw being out now. But before we get to the Canadians, I'd like to ask what you think are Federer's chances uh, on the grass at, as you say, the championships? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I think we'd all be stupid to count him out at that tournament because of, you know, just the footwork that's kind of ingrained in his body that he does with second nature. But he's not the same guy that won the title in 2017. We know that. We don't even know what kind of percentage it's at after two surgeries. Um, You know, we all saw him lose to Felix. But for me, that match, I thought Felix won as opposed to Federer losing it. Um, but I think we're going to see Roger Federer in the second week. Whether we see him in a semifinal, I'm a little hesitant on that. But, you know, anytime that you're at a Grand Slam level and it's a best of five, there's always an advantage when it comes to the big three. And unfortunately, we don't have all of the big three at this tournament. But I like his chances getting through. And, and if he can get, you know, four matches in, then then suddenly he's kind of got – momentum going and he's got sort of that feeling back and then all bets are off and I think you know, obviously Novak Djokovic is the favorite but Roger Federer in the second week of Wimbledon I'm not betting against him
1: yeah I agree with you if he makes it to the second week I agree you can't bet against uh, Federer and uh, you know I hope like crazy he does well because I admire him and uh, he's one of my faves but I, I I agree he's not the Federer that he used to be <clears throat> excuse me but I guess none of us are at the age of 39 or much older than that for some of us.
2: Yeah. And there's there's, (laughs) there's a beauty to his game and a beauty to his game on grass. Right. And it's just, it's almost like, you know, we, we need this. We need to see that forehand and those volleys and just see him, you know, kind of think through a match on grass, which is obviously his favorite surface. Um, You know, win lose, it's just, it's just going to be nice to see it. Like we're just, Again, going back to how Jim started you know, our conversation, it's just nice to see players on this grass surface and see Roger Federer back. And let's hope that he's competitive.
0: Uh, Mark, with five Canadians in singles, and you know you could you could be negative towards Bianca because she struggled, lost three of her last four matches. But if you remember the Montreal Canadiens story going into the playoffs. <laughs> How uh, they stumbled in and and almost got pushed out by by the Leafs and look where they are now. I mean, so I have to preface what I'm asking here. But of the five Canadians, who do you like? Uh, who do you think has the best shot of going deep?
2: Dennis has the best chance, um, even though Felix had a slightly better tune up uh, tune ups for Wimbledon. You, you look at the draw, and Shapovalov to me is the favorite for his first three matches. He might play Andy Murray or Bastian in the third round. He would be the higher seed against Bautista Agut if that ended up happening in the fourth round. But I like his chances in that match. And then, you are you know, you're into the quarters, and that's a great tournament. You know, Felix, it's the same conversation we continue to have. When Felix is at his best, he is beating Roger Federer, and he is making, you know, top-end players look really, really bad. He gets in his own way, though, sometimes. And we just haven't seen him put it together in any tournament, let alone a tournament that lasts two weeks. So, you know, does he face Nick Kyrgios or Ugo Ambear in the third round? Ambear um, has had this great grass court season. They split their two matches. I, you know, Fields could win that match, and then suddenly he's against Alex Zverev in the fourth round. So that's why I'm going with Dennis. Bianca, there's, just, there's huge question marks just because I haven't seen her enough on this surface, and I think eventually she will be a great grass court tennis player. I don't know if that's this year. I don't know if that's five years from now. She's got the power for that surface. We just, you know, there's a big void in her career on playing at Wimbledon. She's only played there once, and it's one match. And she's only played a few tournaments on tour, and she just recorded her first win on tour on grass. So, um, you know, would we be shocked if she goes on a run and gets into the second week? Of course not, because she is a winner. But we also kind of, you know, if it's a disappointment, we'll all kind of look at that and say, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. I really, really hope we get to see Bianca and Layla Annie-Fernandez in the third round. That would be unbelievable for Canadian tennis fans. And I think it would be a really good match because they're totally different styles.
1: Yeah, it would be unbelievable. What, what do you think, Layla You think Layla can make it past Ostapenko in her first match? You know, 68th-ranked Layla taking on 43rd-ranked Ostapenko, whose ranking obviously will go up after this past week at Eastbourne.
2: I, I probably liked her chances better a few days ago. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Because, you, know, you know, Osta Panko, I mean, she won the French Open, and she was hitting forehand at the same speed as Andy Murray. And we're like, wow, okay, like, here's one of the next big stars. And then she kind of didn't do much in singles. And, we, you know, she would, do, she would play doubles as well and once in a while. So, yeah, she's coming in hot, tons of momentum. Um, but, you know, maybe Layla's a little fresher. Um, maybe she takes her by su- surprise. Layla Annie is going to have to try to frustrate Osta Penko because Osta wants to win every point and, and Fernandez can kind of extend rallies and that is her best bet. And, and we've seen that in the past that Osta Penko will, will show that kind of negative energy and that's why she has lost more than she's won since. Um, taking the French Open title back in 2017
1: yeah I I agree I think if Layla serves well she's going to win that match I think a lot will depend on how she serves is there is there any any first round matches that jump off the page at you you know mine I think would be you know anybody that Medvedev had a played because I love I love watching him whether he's going to implode or not especially on a surface that isn't his favorite he's taking on Struff You know, that's one that kind of jumps at me. Is there any matches that jump off the page at you for the first round?
2: Well, first off, you know, Jan-Leonard Stroop is that guy that I bet you a lot of top-end players say, why isn't he seeded? You know, like, why do we have to face him in the first round? Like, Shapovalov lost him in the first round. Uh, He just had a really good French Open. So that, that, you're right, that's a tough first-round match. I still think Medvedev will win. Um, You know, he just played great this past week, so that's going to help him. Um Nick Kyrgios returning is great, and Nick Kyrgios playing Hugo Amber, who's had a, a great uh, few weeks leading up to Wimbledon, so that will be really good. Um And I think just the returns, the returns of Roger Federer, and also the return of Andy Murray. And you, if you weren't a fan of Andy Murray, you are now, given what he's gone through to get back to playing in a Grand Slam. Obviously, this is a special tournament for him as you know a British player. He's going to play; he's the third match on day one obviously on central court, and he plays Nicholas Bachelasvili. So Murray, the underdog, although he'll have the crowd behind him, and um, he can provide such a great story just by winning that match. So I think those are the ones outside of, obviously, the Canadians um, that I'm looking forward to seeing the most on the first two days of the tournament.
0: Uh, Mark marches through the, the TSN coverage, and I assume you renewed the lease on the cot.
2: I have renewed the lease on the cot. Uh the coffee is ready to go. I'm I'm glad I just renewed my contract to be able to do Wimbledon. So uh you know what that's like, Jim. Like you you, you take it one tournament yes, at a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes we're, we're, guy. <laughs> yes. We're uh we're on the air at six AM um, every day until you know you start getting into the the later parts of the tournament where um we'll be on the air a little bit later. And then we're on the air throughout the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. And then even if you miss, you know, the the big match of the day, there's Wimbledon Prime Time. So you can watch that on TSN as well. So we're literally on the air all day long. And, uh, yes, I will try to get a few hours of sleep for you, Jim, because I don't want to disappoint you. And if I'm cranky, that doesn't make for good broadcasting.
0: No, you're cranky, we're cranky, and and we'll have you on – after it's all over again to to recap and hopefully you would have been rested up by then thanks a lot mark
2: absolutely thank you guys enjoy the tournament
0: Thank you. Mark Rowe, the host of our tennis coverage on TSN on the TV side. And coming up next, we'll discuss. We'll sort of make some projections on what could happen at Wimbledon. Looking to purchase a home in this busy GTA market? Do not get overwhelmed. Let Eric at Scoglin Homes guide you through the process. Eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services, including virtual showings, access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city, and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home. Buyer's representation is very important in a hot market, so call Eric directly at 647-300-7019 or check out scoglinhomes.com to get started. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.
2: You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy.
0: Tennis Talk Canada, Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you in the final segment. Before we get going, for almost two decades, Vince Gaetano of OwlMortgage.ca has helped educate new and existing homeowners with tips and money-saving strategies to build wealth through real estate. Stay updated with the wise old owl on his Instagram live show every Thursday at Vince G Mortgage. So, Kenny, I'm going to throw a couple of things at you, a little um, sort of uh, maybe curveballs, but in terms of... Uh, especially the french open and and wimbledon in, in terms of you know the variables uh the surface you'd say clay it, it's not always the same right and and the grass at wimbledon not always the same because they're, they're, they they scientifically research and and adjust things to make it better and then there's the ball selection so i mean as, as you're playing these events uh the variables how much of a distraction how much of a concern could they be
1: Oh, huge. I mean, the bounces that you can get on a clay court surface, especially like the red clay compared to the Harchu, which is the green, which we see here in Canada, the ball bounces that you can get off of the red clay, you just don't know what's going to happen sometimes. And you'll see sometimes players will whiff on a ball, it'll hit their frame, and they're kind of looking back to where the ball bounced at a little, a little pocket, a little divot on the court, whatever the case may be, and they're kind of like, what the heck happened there? Or the ball hits the line, On on a clay court and it skids and it's almost impossible to get it back at that point A lot of people that might be listening have never played on clay courts and the lines are not painted They're nailed in and it just makes it so difficult It could hit a nail head that might be slightly raised It's, It's really really difficult And then on the grass You have the other problem where the the ball, without even hitting a line, can skid off the grass. And it it does slide a lot more than it does on hard courts. But sometimes, again, it might hit a little bit of a soft spot on that grass. Or over time of the two-week grand slam, the grass gets worn down. You'll see it where it starts to turn brown at the baseline and the path towards the net and then brown at the net. So the ball can bounce in those spots. And it's completely different bounce than when it bounces on a part of the court that isn't used as much. So it is tough. And the great players... They adjust to it. They react to it. They may not make the great shot, but they don't let it get to them. They kind of just, you know, water off a duck's back, so to speak. The players that aren't as great, the players that are on the fringe, they you can see how it really affects their psyche and kind of gets under their skin a little bit more, and that becomes a bit of an issue. But uh, look, there's two surfaces that most Canadians don't get a lot of practice on. I know growing up when I played on the red clay or, or the grass – I always found it tough, but uh, we expect some of our Canadians really love it. Dennis, Felix, and I think Layla is starting to love it as well. So they, they should have good events, hopefully.
0: About 90 seconds left, so let me get this in. As demonstrated with two decades' worth of giving advice in CP24's weekly hot property program, Vince Gaetano of owlmortgage.ca has educated homeowners on how to utilize their home to build wealth. Follow Vince on Instagram at VinceGMortgage or DM directly with your questions. Vince will have an answer for you toot-sweet. So uh, looking forward, we've got just a minute left. Uh, Who do you like uh, at Wimbledon in in the uh, sort of the first week and, and moving on into the second week?
1: Well, I like Dennis's chances. Much like uh, Mark said, I expect Dennis this tournament, his draw is set up for him to go deep. I think he's going to go deep. I look for Vashik to win at least his first round match. I think this is a surface that he's good at. Felix, of course, another young Canadian seeded number 16 is going to, uh, I don't know if he's going to make it to the round of 16 as his, as his seeding will predict, but I think he's going to uh, do well. Bianca is going to do a lot better than she's been playing of late. I expect her to win a few matches. And uh, real quick, on the ladies' doubles side, I don't want to forget about doubles here in Canada. Sharon Fishman, seated number nine, and look for them to make some, uh, a dent in the ladies' doubles draw for
0: sure. Kent, thanks very much. Look forward to reconnecting with you next Saturday.
1: Look, look forward to it as well. Uh, the championship soon. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coming up shortly on TSN 1050 Soccer Euro 2020, it'll be Wales versus Denmark later on, Italy versus Austria. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate your support.